And it's time for All Things Gardening with Charlie Nardozzi, brought to you by Vermont Victory Greenhouses and Gardener Supply. Hey there, Charlie. Hi, Mary. So, you know, every year in the fall, I make a note for myself to do this one thing to ensure that there's beautiful spring flowers. And then I lose that note and I never remember. Maybe I can jump on the flowering bulb bandwagon and plant some this year. How do I do it? Yes, you know, it's not too late. In fact, because it's been so warm this fall, I think it's a fine time in November to plant all those spring flowering bulbs. One of the ways people love to plant these bulbs and love to see them is as a naturalized planting. That means they're growing crocuses in the lawn or daffodils under trees or species tulips up in a forested area. They all look cool. They look really beautiful in the spring. But if you're going to do that, there's a couple things you have to keep in mind. First of all, not all spring flowering bulbs naturalize readily. You don't want to use hybrid tulips, for example, or hyacinths. The best ones are scylla, species tulips, crocus, and daffodils. Also, you want to find a spot that you will be looking at out through your window because in April and early May, it could be pretty cold. So you want to be able to see it out your, from your house. But also a spot that gets a lot of sun early spring and it's okay if it's shady in the summer. So that could be under some old maple trees, oak trees, uh, some birch trees, uh, just so you have a canopy of leaves there so you don't have a lot of understory growth, but you have a lot of light in the spring because these bulbs will come up, they'll flower, and they'll die back about the same time as those leaves are really filling in. You might have to even mow a little bit of an area. If you put them in your lawn, then you got to do something a little different. Our neighbor has Scylla in her lawn and it's gorgeous in the spring, but she has to leave it about a month after they're done flowering so that you let that foliage naturally yellow and those seeds drop so it keeps spreading. Of course, her lawn then looks very shaggy. So you have to kind of get used to that and think about where in your landscape you can let the grass grow and the meadow grow up uh, before you have to come in and mow it down. Once you have them up and growing, you know, the longer you can leave them there, the better. They'll spread naturally by seed and, and just by getting bigger and bigger clumps. Um, and in the spring, uh, just enjoy them all and enjoy the beauty that you have there. And just watch as they come back year after year. Here's a couple of questions. The first one's from Sharon in Braintree. Sharon writes, Dear Charlie, despite taking all the recommended precautions from spring onward, my tomato plants developed early blight and survived just long enough to produce a small crop. But what should Sharon be doing to make sure that it doesn't come back next year? Yeah, so a lot of tomatoes, mine included, got a lot of blights. Early blights, septoria leaf spot, a number of different ones. Some of these blights, uh, like late blight, for example, have to overwinter on living tissue. So the best thing to do for those is to make sure you clean up everything. All the, the tomatoes that you can get off the ground, all the stems that are there, if there's any leaves around, try to clean the area really well. That's going to help reduce the inoculum for next year. Others, like Septoria leaf spot, will actually have spores that will overwinter on stakes and cages. So what you want to do for those is you want to wash them down with a 10% bleach solution, and then you can store them. By doing that, you'll reduce the inoculum, and of course, you want to rotate too. Plant your tomatoes in a different area next year. All right, this next question from a caller with a comfrey problem. <laughs> Let's give it a listen. Uh, Charlie, I just got to ask, I... I the comfrey in my garden is going so overboard. There's like 10 plants that are the size of washing machines. Can you please help me get it out of there before next spring, please? Yes. So if you've got comfrey the size of a washing machine, I'd say get a hungry goat. 
<laughs> Otherwise, uh, if the frost hasn't killed it yet, cut it down to the ground. And then next spring, keep cutting it down. Keep mowing it down, mowing it down so that by next summer, then try to dig it out. Dig out as much of the root system as you can and get rid of it. Maybe some other person would like to have that comfrey root. Uh, and you'll, of course, if you leave any roots behind, and you will, uh, you'll have little sprouts coming up. Then you have to keep mowing that too. If you stay on top of it and mow it and mow it for a couple of years, you'll eventually get rid of it. If you have questions for Charlie, you can call us or you can write to us. Find the link to submit your question in the post at vermontpublic.org. Just search all things gardening. Thanks, Charlie. Bye, Mary. And I'll be seeing you in the garden.